Welcome to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. A couple things before we get started. Cambio CBD, it's a brand new brand with roots in moto and action sports. I've got some of this Cambio stuff as well. I've been using the drops. I've been using the hand sanitizer. My wife's been using the bath bomb. So they offer the finest pure and organic CBD products available, including athlete-inspired performance and recovery packs. If you're looking for a slam dunk Christmas gift for your lady, check out Cambio's beautiful bath crystal three-pack guaranteed to put a smile on her face. Visit Cambio-USA.com and look for Pulpamex link in the main menu for special deals. It's a percent off uh, of everything that you buy uh, just using the code Pulpamex. So Cambio-USA.com. Please check those guys out for all your CBD needs and uh, yeah, enjoy that. Also, Decal Works. You know the company. You know what they've been doing over the years. Uh, they have the Decal 500 right now. It is a $500 monthly uh, gift card to selected customers of theirs. Uh, it's really easy to do. You submit your best photo of your bike online when you are logged into your Decal Works account. Once your photo is approved, it qualifies you into the monthly drawing where a winner receives 500 bucks from Decal Works gift card. It's very, very easy. Uh, again, decalworks.com and uh, go to your Decal Work Decal MX account and do that. So please check that out. It's once a month, 500 bucks. You can only submit the uh, photo once, all right, people? So just do it once and don't worry about it. So thanks to the folks at Decal Works for that. Easy way to win $500 with those guys. All right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires and Renthal on racerxonline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, presented by the folks at Renthal and Maxis. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Lots to talk about today with my guest here in studio. Uh, we're we're going to get right into it. And, uh, yeah, enjoy, enjoy you people listening. Thank you very much for that. Thanks for going to Motorsport. Guys, thanks for clicking on all the sponsors, using the codes, that type of stuff. We really appreciate it. Zach Osborne won the 450 Motocross Championship wearing Fly Racing gear. Flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. The Formula CC helmet, new for 2021. Same great features as the Formula. Same safety features. Got the got the Conehead technology. Got the Rion technology. Got the, the EPS on there. But it is available in a little bit different shell, so it's a little bit different price point. So Formula Helmet and a Formula CC, the guys at Fly Racing are very proud of that. And uh, Brayton and uh, Zach Osborne and many other guys wearing Fly Racing. Zavachi and Bogle now on the uh, Rocky Mountain team. So please check them out. If you need anything for your uh, your head to your toe, flyracing.com will have you covered. Thanks to Max's Tires as well. The MXSTs developed by McGrath, used by Rod Bell this past summer, the summer of Rod Bell. Absolutely crushed it uh, using the MXSTs developed by McGrath. Great mountain bike tires as well, light truck tires, 
SUTV uh, tires. They'll have you covered. And, of course, the folks at Renthal, more titles uh, from Renthal than all competing brands combined. That should tell you exactly what kind of products they make, whether it's a 7 8 bar, whether it's the Fat Bar 36 that was introduced this year, whether it's the regular Fat, wall, fat Bar or the Twin Wall, of course, that came out and blew everybody's minds. It's like two bars in one bar. Uh, Renthal.com for more information. they got a history full of innovations in engineering and legendary component reliability. Renthal is universally regarded as the most trusted brand in the pro pet pits and the first choice to the world's premier athletes and race teams. Factory Honda's never used another bar since 1986. So please check them out, Renthal.com. Hashtag grab life by the bars. Uh, welcoming in the studio here, I've got a public mix show coming up, but uh, I don't know when you're going to hear this, but uh, we're going to drop it soon. From Renthal.com, he's a championship, uh, national winning championship mechanic, uh, a friend of mine for a long time, former pro racer, Paul Parabinos. What's up, Paul? How are you? Hey, Steve. What's happening? Nice to uh, come back up to Vegas. Finally, it's been a while. We yeah. had a chance to bench race and hang out for a bit. Uh, e-bike ride today. Yes. That was fun. Yes. Always, always a good time. It was chilly for me today, but well, but, um, but I always enjoy coming up and spending some time with you and going riding dirt bikes and bicycles and yeah. you know, just make a weekend out of it. We rode dirt bikes yesterday. Yep. Uh, Western Raceway. I'm glad you got to go to my local moto track when it was watered and prepped. Uh, yep. you, you hadn't had that chance yet. No, it was very different than the last couple times I've been out there because usually we go on a Monday and it's just hammered. But, um, but yeah, it was groomed. It was nice, which is good for me with how I'm riding right now. So um, And yeah. sc- screw you for doing that 2-3 right there. I haven't done it yet. You came out <laughs> maybe your third lap and probably busted it out. Yeah, it's not bad. You got that. I, think. I know. I know. Well, the, I should have tried it yesterday before we loaded up, but it was always. I was always scared of doing the one more. Yep. You know the one more thing, and then you go out. Yeah, but, you go two, two, one. You need to go a three there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Um, mini O's for you. You went out and you raced mini O's. Uh, did okay until the crash hurt your shoulder. That, yeah, that's, that had to suck. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a cool trip to go to. Um, we sponsored it with Renthal and did a, a mechanics award, which was you know kind of fitting, I think. Especially yeah. you and I are mechanics. We're going to talk about that today. And, and Renthal is kind of a mechanically, uh, you know, a lot of mechanics come in contact with Renthal, obviously. So that kind of fit. And yeah, I always try to race myself too. You know, if you got to be there all week and kind of be at the booth and hang out um it's pretty boring unless you race as well so i i also think that customers enjoy seeing um these you know people that work at brands out there racing and riding doing the same uh-huh. thing they're doing right um so yeah rode myself and everything was going great and then yeah i had a crash in supercross and hurt my shoulder i don't think anything's permanently bad but yeah it's still very sore so so you're a very good rider and the supercross track isn't quote-unquote real supercross so what did you do um, just something stupid, just trying to go too fast. And, and there's this little small jump over a taller one to another small one. And I was just jumping over it yep. and jumping over the small one to over the, next, the small yeah. one. Yeah. Not like triple yeah. or nothing. Um, and then somehow, I don't know. I just, I, I just kind of like, I tipped the top of it or something and kind of turned the, my bike and body into the ground and just took the brunt of the crash with my shoulder into that last jump, like hands and feet were on the bike still <laughs> I just, yeah so um yeah, right. it was just a big heavy impact and hurt really bad and um yeah couldn't even couldn't load my van up couldn't put on my own underwear for yeah. a while um but it's getting better right oh that's good to hear uh i think you were last in for doing a pod like this a one-on-one pod uh around this time last year maybe november a little earlier and you brought reese over from renthal uh that would have been in yeah. the fall at some point? Yeah, when Reese and I were here, that was for Monster Cup. So that oh, was around okay. October. So October. And then okay. I did come up one time and did do the show. Yeah. I want to say it was late February or right, so. Right, but, but this is the – yeah, so when you when we got you in for Reese, and that was a really interesting podcast, go back yeah. and listen to it, yeah. History of Renthal and Harry, uh, Henry Rosenthal. 
and uh, Rosenstiel. Rosenthal? Ro- Rosenthal. Rosenthal. Starting Renthal. Um, so now, Smash Cut, you've been there just over a year. How's it been for you? How's the transition to Renthal been? Oh, uh, man, it's been awesome. Like, I'm starting to take on more, um, understand more, you know, just get further inside of the company and, and kind of knowing how things work. And 2020 has been one hell of a year, right? I think it's been a lot of work for everybody and a lot of pivoting and changing. Um, but the saving grace is, while it was very scary in the beginning, it's not that bad for us in power sports right now, right? Yeah. Especially in the U.S. U- U.S. retailers are seeing huge, huge sales. So everyone's making up for those two or three months. That was awful. Um, but yeah, like uh, Renthal's great. It's it's just such a, yeah, it's a family company and everybody's there working for the same goal. And there's been so many people there that have been there for years and years and years. And I'm starting to understand why it's like they're, they're just easy company to work for. And Love talking to those guys, um, especially the English banter that we get on all our conference calls. Just uh, Englishmen yep. have really good humor, um, good words for everything. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great brand. We make great products, and I'm learning more about why they're so great. And, um, yeah, it's cool. It's, uh, it's been fun. Now, you worked for ProTaper for a long time. And so the Rockstar Husky guys, you know, ProTaper, Geico, Honda, ProTaper, JGR, these are the teams you deal with. You switch over to Renthal, and you got Honda, as I mentioned, using Renthal forever, uh, Monster Energy, Kawasaki. How's that been dealing with the teams that use Renthal and you don't go talk to the teams that use ProTaper anymore? So what's that been like? Yeah, well, I mean, uniquely, I've gotten the chance to work with every single major pro team in the pits now on a professional level. Like, That's I've, a good point, right? Yeah, yeah so yeah. I got a lot of experience now in dealing with all the different teams, seeing how they all do it a little differently, how we service them at ProTaper and now how we're doing it at Renthal, and that's still kind of changing. And, um, you know, obviously some teams are more organized than others, uh, but all those guys, you know, I still drop in and talk to the Husky guys. They became, like, really good, close f- friends t- mm-hmm. to me. Um, they always treated me very well when I was there, and that was one of the biggest contracts I ever did when I was at ProTaber was that Global Husky deal. So, um, yeah, I love talking yep. to those guys still, the Geico Honda guys, Jeff and Ziggy and all those guys and Borch, and um, they're all good dudes still, and we still say hi to each other when we're in the pits. Yep. But, man, I haven't been to – haven't been to a lot of races this year, obviously, because of COVID. So, Is it different dealing with a factory Honda? Yes. Uh, the Honda relationship is probably most different than, than a lot of them because Honda is very, very safety conscious and, and uh, as far as vetting things through their testing process and, and approving things to go on the race bike. Um, yeah, very stepped approach yeah. over there to that. And also Honda's more than just a race team partner. They're an OEM partner to, uh, to yep. us and a development partner. So... Um, it's not so much me, but I know Reese in England has a very close working relationship with the engineers and the decision makers in Japan too. Mm-hmm. Um, I service the U S race teams and I'm going to actually start taking on, um, all of the European race teams too. Um, so that will be cool. But, uh, but yeah, Honda has been great to deal with. I mean, they're a really good partner and, and good, strong company, obviously. So in, in January, you dropped the fat bar 36, uh, Zerillium material. Uh, it's a bigger bar, but yet, uh, same weight as a normal bar, uh, stronger, uh, flexes a little bit more. Yep. Um, all these things. And then the can COVID hits. So just a bad time to launch a product. Yeah. You know, it, it hasn't, it's been really good for us actually. You know, we're getting a lot of reorders from our distributors that made their initial orders. So, yep. um, it really, it's, it's, the most impressive thing that product is when you pick it up and hold it and you see how light it is. And I honestly think it's, it's a really good product for the consumer because when you look at the flex range of all our bars, we basically now have four different flex characters and across all our platforms. Mm -hmm. And I think fat bar 36 is great for, um, the vet customer or somebody that's wanting a little bit more comfort. And with its high price tag, it's really perfectly suited, you know, 
where it is. And um, mm-hmm. uh, we still have some riders using it. Sexton uses it. Um, Kenny is kind of going back and forth as to what he's using. We found that it's really it works really well on the Honda chassis is what we're kind of yeah. seeing from Europe and seeing here. Um, and I've learned a lot about flex and how a rider interprets flex through having that product right. as well. So many different Fake riders. signs with Kiefer? Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> a lot of riders – uh, you know, have different opinions on things. Yeah. And, and when we have Tom Vial and, and Caroli testing it at Lummel, and then they go to Italy and test it somewhere else, then we have Cooper Webb testing it on Supercross in Florida and then Supercross in California. California yeah, yeah. We get a lot of different <clears throat> opinions, and, and riders are very particular about handlebars and grips, as you know. Right. Um, and it's something they're familiar with. Since Arillo has switched his bar back again now, too. Oh, yeah. Now he's back he's, on a fat bar. He's back on a fat bar. Yeah. So, yeah. like, this stuff changes. You know, I've, I've answered questions on Twitter before about how come, you know, put names to riders and names to Benz, you know, yeah. which we're kind of getting away with. We're just sticking with numbers, kind of how BMW and Mercedes do with their cars, because these riders change too often. Yeah. Like you can't yeah. get married to a to a bar bend anymore. Yeah, yeah, so. you're right. They they do change a lot for sure. Um, so you've been enjoying the the thing. You're enjoying the new gig at Renthal. Um, yeah, great company. It seems like over the years, of course, right? They, really cool products. If, as we brought up when Reese was here, I mean, you guys literally came up with a gray grip. And now yeah. that is the standard for grips, right? Like yeah. colors like that. So it, yeah, that's a, that's an iconic company, I think, when you look at things like that. Yeah, and that and that's taking some adjustment for me to, uh, you know, when we're talking about new product ideas or or what we're gonna do with this and where we're gonna price it and what color we want to make it and what ideas we have, I I am having to learn and realize that hey, Renthal is a brand that is undisputed market leader i think and and again gray grips is a perfect example so i think renthal needs to be the one to lead those charges to those new changes that mm-hmm. happen within our segment and space and hopefully the rest of the brands will follow but it's hard to think like that you i mean it it, it inspires you to think confidently um and as to how powerful the renthal name is um but again, if you know, we always circle back and go through our race teams, and mm-hmm. we know if we have a product that our racers love and they're using, and they're happy to endorse and race with, everything that we our race team guys use is available to the public, and you know, it'll yeah. be it'll be successful if those guys like it. How is the cloth crossbars coming? I, I gave you guys one job when you were here. Yep. Uh, how's that coming? Uh, it's not a lot of progress, to be oh, honest with you. Ridiculous. And COVID has um, thrown so many wrenches into the mix of all our plans that we had. So product launches that were supposed to be happening are not yeah. happening now because of COVID. And um, yeah, our priorities have had to shift to meet the demands of the market, which right. is very strong right now. And, you know, there's now uh, raw material issues to deal with because of COVID, because everything everything stopped. So everything's backlogged. So, um, so yeah, we have uh, there's lots of challenges to deal with right now. So the cloth bar pads are... Ridiculous. Not on the way Ridiculous. Yet, um, <laughs> hey, one of the things I want to talk about in this podcast with you, Paul Parabinos from Renthal here. Um, so we both were mechanics for a long time. I, I, I think I was 12 years, 11 or 12 years. Uh, how long were you? Uh, I think 11. 11 years. Uh, you started much like, okay, so you were raced on a much higher level than I did, but basically you went from racing into working for Butler Brothers Yes. right away. Yep. I went from racing pretty much every weekend up in Canada as a local expert to taking a bus down to Denver to start wrenching and, and you know, never really looked back from there. Uh, we did our 11 years into it, and now we transferred. I went to Parts Unlimited. You went to – did you go right into I answer? went to Answer. Answer, yeah, yeah right into that. Um, looking back on it, uh, it's I, and, and going to the races now and talking to the – and you talk to the race teams now, man, it's really different from when we did it. It, it is uh, – to me, anyways, it is uh, it is so much different – and I don't know if it's better 
Like I don't wouldn't, and I don't want to be one of those. Hey, I walked uphill to school both right. ways, guys. I don't want to be that way because because right. things are better nowadays in some cases and all that. But man, when you look at the, and I worked for Red Dog, you worked for Dean Wilson, so elite riders. When you look at the elite guys, I worked for Nick Way. These guys at the top, like they don't have relationships with their mechanics, and that to me is what bums me out when I see the guys now that work their balls off, just like you and I did for these top riders. I don't think there's a, and I, I, you know, this is just from the outside. I could be wrong, but I just don't think there's a relationship there anymore like there used to be. I would, I would agree with you in that the relationship is not what it used to be. For sure, it's different, right? Um, and I think it's, it's, it also is different 250 to 450 class. I think the 250 guys have a different relationship with their mechanic than say the top top 450 guys do have with theirs. Um, it's just, you know, you see these guys come off the track and they're surrounded by a circle of 10 people and, and the mechanic is essentially there just to execute the changes that the team and everyone else is there that yeah. came up with, right? Yeah. And oftentimes they're not even included in those conversations. No, no. So I don't like that, right? Because we have come from a time and you, you more so than me where it, it really feels like it's you and your rider taking on the world, right? Like yeah, it's, no, let's, absolutely. Let's go to battle. It's yeah. like, yeah. and, and that is, was part of the motivating for me, right? is we're both x-racers we when you're a mechanic you get a chance to feel like you're part of the action and you have goals and you know yeah. your rider's goals become your goals and you want to be the best at you can at your job to try to achieve those so um yeah i mean it's definitely different i'm you know at least i came from pro circuit where we still built our engines and that's still the case there but basically everyone else if you're a mechanic out of a semi you don't even go in your engine no no you don't go in your engine the rider comes back hands you the bike walks off to talk to the motor guy, to talk yep. to the suspension guy. Yep. And they then then someone one of those people will come over to you and be like, "Hey, we're taking the forks off." Or, "Hey, we're going to go in on the yep. on the low speed or whatever." You had no idea what your rider said. Yep. You don't know how it really went. You saw the time. And then they're off. And I don't like that. I don't I mean, I, th that's how these things go. I've watched it, you know. I, I don't like I'm that. I'm with you. And and even now the for instance the starting grates takes another element that's that's changed. I yeah. mean, you know, when you go down to a dirt start and you your mechanic has ridden that's ridden that dirt in that stadium before or has raced his entire life and has been around racing, he's been on the starting line a bunch of times. There's a value in having that kind of a mechanic, a mechanic when it's a dirt start, but when you go to like a great start, your guy could come from MMI and he can't really, you know what I mean? Like when when there's no dirt there, there's no experience to to put into your prep or your preparation like it's yeah. great every time like right. what do you yeah. do yeah brush it off it doesn't make a difference the rider it's fully up to the rider and the technology of the motorcycle and the way he execute it yeah like there's no there's no just like you know experience and flavor yep. down there anymore. you you just as a mechanic nowadays and these guys are good guys i mean they're working hard you're just a parts changer you really are and, and that's unfortunate and i don't know paul if I could do it now, like I want to feel invested in my rider's success, right? I want to be the guy that was like, hey, man, we did that. And I don't know if I could handle that. If, if I was so removed <laughs> that I barely talked to my guy, yeah, you know, he's got a wife, he's got the man friends, he's got, you know, he's got all the gear guys and the team guys. It'd be tough for me, man. It really would be. Yeah, and, and, and again, I think that boils down exact, you know, to to the relationship. Like, if that rider wants that with his mechanic and feels that, and I still think it's out there, but it's definitely not as, yeah, it's definitely changed for sure. I mean, that's that's like everything. Um, it's evolved and it's changed. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I worked for Ferry and Nick Way, and I'm mm -hmm. still too 
really close to those guys to this day. Yep. You are close with Dean Wilson, yep. um, you know, who you worked for for a long time. And that's just – I think that's just how it should be, I, you know, not what it is now. Like It definitely makes you know, it more right. special and memorable, right? Like I was – Dean just got married and I was in his wedding and I can see years down the road we'll be at our kid's wedding or something and we'll be talking about, hey, remember in 2011 when – Right, when, right, you know, yeah. I, I just uh, – I don't think that's there anymore, you know? Yeah. And also, too – you know, a guy like Bundy used to jump around with Nathan to different teams. Nathan Ramsey, you know, right. uh, guys would do that. Nowadays, the team has their guys, and you know, you just you just see like one year you're Colt Nichols, the next year you're Justin Cooper or whatever. You know, I'm just giving sure, examples, sure. and you're just here comes another guy. Yeah, right. No, that's part of it for sure. It's different. It's different. Um, and you know, I remember you know when I was a mechanic, you're you're so invested in in every little detail and you're in this small little racing world and now you know transitioning to a different side of the industry and you as well um you know you see from such a different perspective and and when you have lived in different places and worked different jobs and have all these different angles your perspective changes and you have a different opinion yeah. on all kinds of things right right um where yeah where when you're a mechanic it's very singular and focused and you don't even understand like why someone needs a photo oftentimes <laughs> yeah, right and yeah. you're crabby and you're in a bad mood like i was right. such a dick so many times when i was a mechanic to fans or like because you're so focused on yeah. the job and that's yeah. number one in your and no i was too a few times yeah, yeah. absolutely maybe yeah, not yeah. as much as you i don't have that as much as you but there were yeah. times where i was like wow yeah yeah you know so um but i do think mechanics have gotten better at that and especially you know that's with so much of our sport and our industry moving towards digital and phones and you know everybody being their own little ambassador online yeah. or what have you. I think yeah. a lot of mechanics are, are, are have to be more switched onto that. They understand yeah. that it's, um, you know, all the different obligations that teams have and they, they and, have now. And there's just, and also on the good side of things, like, you know, here's people are like, Hey, uh, Mathis, why don't you do more with mechanics on your shows and stuff? And I come back to that is like, I was a mechanic for a long time and it's a really hard job. And those guys are, are heroes. But they're also not made for this side of a microphone or that, you know what I mean? Or or what you're doing, you know, you did marketing slash brand stuff. I'm a media guy. I was sales at Parts Unlimited, right? I, yeah. I, I'd go into dealers and try to sell FMF stuff at, at, for dealers at Parts Unlimited. There's a certain type of person that becomes a mechanic. Now, you and I, I think we're the outliers a little bit, but there's a lot of guys that are just happy to be have their head down and be the worker bees and be the be the guys that, that do that. Um you know, you always need those people in, in your camp. But there's also a part of me where the mechanics are just happy to be that way. They don't strive to be more. Yeah, They're absolutely. Just good. I mean, there's yeah. everybody has different goals and ambitions. And, 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 yeah, that's like for them, you know, I I think you and I share the same opinion that we're like, man, I don't want to work with my hands and, and do this hard job for my whole life, right? Like it's hard, yeah, super hard. And nobody understands it unless you've done it. There's no way to explain it to them. Um but yeah, a lot of guys just, for instance, you can't put them in front of a microphone. They don't speak well. Right. Like that's not a, a knock on anybody, but it's a fact. Like mm -hmm. some people just don't speak well. And, um, you know, again, everybody's a little bit different and some people are perfectly happy just continue to turn wrenches every year. And there's nothing wrong with those people yeah. either, obviously. But, um, but yeah, for me, I just, I was like, I went to college even and I was like, man, I think I can, I want, I had aspirations to try to climb the ranks in the industry or obviously every year you want to try to make more money or were you looking or, at zach at pro circuit and be like i want to do that i always aspired to be a team manager okay because i thought that my riding experience could make me good at that like i understand the motorcycle i i've i'm a 
a decent racer, but then I also realized that my name wasn't big enough and my racing accolades weren't big enough to yeah. maybe become a team manager. Um, so my focus, I guess, switched. I never really had aspirations to be a crew chief. Like I do get involved in all the technical type stuff, but um, I'm not as good as some of the guys out there doing that. Um, really for me, I was just, I, a lot of it comes down to the model of a race team. So the goal is to get through the year with the money you have. Mm -hmm. The goal of a brand or a business is to make money. So it's completely different. So right. like your options in, in obviously like how can you how can you make a bunch of money doing you know besides having great success with your rider and earning bonuses and all these yeah. things but then if you switch to a different side of the business where their model is hey we want to grow sales we want to grow revenue we want to make more money there's that's just more of an of a challenge and intrigue to me and more opportunity to me right you interesting know? now did you so you worked for blake baggett your last year at pro circuit yes right yes um did you have a chance to leave before then and dean maybe made you stay was it was it the was it the change to a guy like Blake who you didn't really bond with nothing wrong with him it was fine but you didn't bond with him like you did Dean and, and you know for me I worked for Timmy for uh, five out of six years um, no, I'm sorry five out of seven years I'd worked for him at Nolene and then at Yamaha and then they Timmy lost his job mm -hmm. wrist injuries they said we're bringing in you you know you can stay but you're gonna work for Heath Foss and for me I'm out. Like I was invested in Ferry, and I worked my balls off for Timmy to have success. It didn't go the way we wanted to at the end. And nothing against Heath, good guy, but I was not going to do that because of this guy that I didn't really care about all that yeah. much. Was working for Baggett that kind of moment for you? So with me, um, I guess it, I have to backtrack a bit. Like I left the team to go with Dean to a 450 team. Yeah, and Jeff Ward Racing. Yes, yeah. that ended up folding. I kind of smelled it a couple months earlier and had to bail just because I was worried about if I stayed on this ship and it became December, there was going to be no spot for me. So through all that, Dean and I went through some things, and yeah, it, it, we didn't speak to each other for a while through yeah. all that. So I ended up, again, I went back to Pro Circuit. Mitch said, all right, I need a guy for Baggett. You're going to work for Baggett. So yep. I did. How, uh, and, how soon do you think, if you'd waited how long and then he wouldn't have been able to pick you back up, Mitch? I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah. Literally, I, I mean, I left the shop on a, f on a Thursday maybe was my last day, and I was back there Monday morning working. Oh, it was that quick? It was okay. that I thought it was, it was maybe a week. No, okay. I, I basically spent a day in the shop at Jeff Ward Racing, and I knew right away something is fishy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my my radar was correct on right. that one. Okay. And then, uh, but yeah, he said, hey, work for Baggett. And Baggett was awesome to work for. Like, we got along really, really good. Um, and he was easy to work for, right? Doesn't use the clutch, doesn't use the brake, right. like yeah. easy to work for. Um, Dean was uh, way more work to work for because he drugged the brake, uh, modulated the power with the clutch. So right. like he went through a lot more parts, yeah. but there was so much passion involved with Dean that the work was fine. Like yeah. I was fine right. with it because again, it felt like I was helping my little brother achieve his dream right. dreams. Right? right. Where with Blake, I had already been through this thing with Dean and, it it was more of just a job. Yeah. And then yeah. and then yeah, my my final year at Pro Circuit, I was again, it was Mitch was asking me, "Do you want to work for Blake or do you want to work for Dean?" So I was kind of stuck in that pickle again. Yeah. And I had a job offer from Answer. And then Were uh, you going for that or would the day come to you? No, I was sniffing around. Yeah, for see, sure. I, I was mean, sniffing around a little bit too when Lou Lopez at Parts yeah. said, "Hey man, we got this opening." 
You know what I mean? Like, like that's and yeah. and Nick Way was the guy who connected me. Yeah. So I was, you know, I would talk to Nick, and I'd be like, yeah, I don't know if I want to be a mechanic forever. Yeah. So let me know yeah. if you hear something. Right. And yeah, something came up, and 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 I mean, I I took a drastic pay cut to go do it, and that was the scary part. But then I was kind of like, you know, uh, man, I I just again, I don't want to wrench forever, so I'm yeah. gonna make this jump, and, right. and I'll I'll figure it out. I'll try to make it work, and I think that's you know. Being, being a mechanic, you definitely do learn a work ethic, and it's sink or swim a lot of things. Yeah. And that, I, I would never take back my what I learned being a yeah. mechanic, right? No, I, neither one of us, I think, are in the positions we're in today without that those years of, of working as a mechanic. You know what I mean? That, yep. That's for sure. So a little bit of it, like me with Voss, it became, I was like, a new, I knew it would become just a job. And yeah. like you with Baggett, it was just a job. Just and when you, when you break it down as a job and you look at the hours and what you're making, it yeah, it's not, as it's, it's not as intriguing, right? <laughs> and then you also get to that age where you're like, man, you know, I'd really like to buy a house or, oh, we'd literally like to get married. Yeah. We'd like to have a kid. Yeah. All, it all becomes a lot tougher. So I think the guys that are of that age and have stayed in it are there because they're being paid very well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Brian Kranz does a great job. He's been with Eli forever. He's a great mechanic, but I don't see him. I'm, I'm, I'm positive he wouldn't be around at, or he won't be around after Eli. After yeah. Eli retired, yeah, right? no, no. Like, I mean, no. he's doing it for Eli. Yeah, yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and and honest, and you know, when when you talk about transitioning, that was tough too, right? Transitioning from a mechanic to a different job is is it was difficult for yeah. a while because wow. you're in this racing bubble and all you care about is lap times and tenths and what happened in the left hand corner and this guy shoved your guy in staging or all these little little minutia things right that are your whole world yeah. but then when you get away from racing and you don't go every single weekend all that stuff right yeah. well um I, I thought it was hilarious that i was i left yamaha to go work at parts unlimited and it was right around thanksgiving november ish and i went through the training at parts unlimited and i went to madison wisconsin where they are and i talked met the fmf guys and you know what I mean? and then my boss at a parts was like hey man it's kind of the holidays reps aren't traveling much there's not much going on just Stay home, study the book, and I, you were like, "What?" This is like three weeks, <laughs> three weeks of just you know, kind of working, but not really. Yep. I I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> this is this is bizarre. Yeah, are these the things called holidays? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I mean, I've I've watched the ball drop in the, in the PC race shop before. Yeah, of course. I, yeah. I, I was. We were in Vegas one time for New Year's Eve because we had to test New Year's Eve and New Year's Day out 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 at you know, RCH's track because California was flooded. Yeah. Like we never made Christmas plans, never went on a honeymoon after my wedding. No, you know what I mean? No, Things like that. No. And you don't, yeah. So those are definitely perks of the other job, but there's also things that, you know, this phone never stops This yeah. with emails, right? Now emails. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, Australia, Europe, England, it never stops where at least for the most part, when I was a mechanic, when I'd leave work, it was just texting Dean right. or maybe texting Bones, seeing what the play, what the plan is, what. Yeah. But for the most part, work stays at the shop. Yeah. That's not the case when you. you how know. about how about the the days where you wake up in the morning, you're 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 heading to the test track at, at uh, seven o'clock, you know, to get there by eight, and then at five o'clock you're loading up and you got to go back to the shop, you know, change the oil, change the clutch, prep the bike for the next day, same thing. Like yeah. it's it's eight o'clock at night. You've now you're on a 13 hour day, and you know you got to grab some food, go to bed, and wake up, be back at the shop at seven. Yeah, endless, yeah. endless of that. We've all done those. Endless of that. Yeah, I, I mean, it gets better the more organized your team is. Yeah. I think you have less late nights, and you know, even Pro Circuit improved as the years I Did was it? there. Yeah. yeah, like we had less, 
you know, we had less days where we had to work holidays or less late nights, um, especially when you don't get a new motorcycle or you don't get then, you know, I think it's it, it all goes a lot smoother. But when you, you know, f that one year when we got, I think we got a new new motorcycle, a lot of updated things. Then we had a 450 team. Like, I mean, there was late night after late night after right, late night. Right. Yeah. Um, is it fair to say that at one point, like, you hated Justin Barsha? Yeah. Yeah. Totally fair. Yeah. <laughs> Dean I, and Justin. Justin and I yeah. could probably talk about that today, too. Dude, just, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and hey, there was that way with me with Ricky, right? Yeah. Timmy and Ricky didn't get along. And I, I mean, Ricky had never done anything to me, but I just, I just fucking hated the guy. Yeah. You know I mean, because Timmy hated him. And again, like, it, you're so invested, <laughs> right? And it's like, you know, if your guy can win, you can make a little bit more money. And you see how passionate your guy, and the, the, he was the one guy that, and it was hard to race him, right? I mean, I had a drawer of parts that, it, in my, you know, yep. work area at PC of, of stuff that was just damaged from run-ins <laughs> with him. Holes in clutch covers, <laughs> holes in ignition covers. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, man, they raced hard, those two. Oh, was, God. Must and, have been and, exciting. Yeah, and, and, and you know, if it. you're lined up next to him in the gate or in staging, you're sitting next to Schneike, yep. right? Yep. Were you in Schneike talk or no? No, I mean, Schneike were okay. We didn't say many words. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess the... The the so like he was Barsha's mechanic forever. Yeah, the cli the climax of all of it was an incident I think at Dallas, and I walked straight over to um, uh, team manager or something. I said, I said, in I guess in most respectful terms I could, I basically said, you know, Barsha's an idiot. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So, but it's all it's tough, right? You're younger back then too. You're way more emotional over the dumbest things back then. So you fly off the handle for stupid yeah. things. But yeah, it was it was heated for a while. I didn't didn't care for him one bit. But. How about you coming back to work for Dean two years ago, full privateer? The f you're you're working at Pro Taper. Yeah. During the week, you're going to races on the weekends. You're you're. I mean, it's just. That was that was fun, and again, it was only something that would I would only do for Dean, and yeah. it was literally almost a Cinderella story when he led oh, Anaheim for right. I think it was 18 minutes or something, yeah, yeah. and literally Blair and the TV crew was coming over to talk to me, as again Dean continued to lead, and then something happened, and uh, I think Barsha got him or something, but uh, but yeah, that was that was cool. It was it was easy and it was achievable because Husky was helping so much. They would do the bike during the week. Yeah, I would just show up and. And handle Change race, tires race day or, stuff, yeah. yeah but which honestly, was, I did that for A Ray there three years ago, whatever, and I forgot how much work it was. Still a lot of work, dude. Work. You don't dude, see any racing. Triple crowns. We right. did triple crown in the mud. Oh my god. Yeah, like, it's a hustle. Like it's so much nicer being in the stands. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I honestly, I mean, if uh, if if Ferry came to me, you know, three four years after Yamaha and said, "Hey, can you?" I, I probably would say no. I pro and I, you know, and yep. Timmy and I go way back. I probably would have said no. Yeah, dude, I I don't want to do that anymore. I'm surprised yeah, you yeah. did it, but but props I mean, to you for doing it. There was even a point where I was I had kind of I was already at Pro Taper, and it was when Dean went to um, Factory KTM on a 450. Yep. And I got offered a job to go yeah. there, and I was like, this is the this is the best job in in the industry. It's like a factory team. Um, you know, they do your engines. Yeah. The only thing that's better maybe is Cowie because they don't have a second semi for hospitality. So you have one tent to yeah. put up each yeah. weekend instead of the two. I think two. Cowie guys get overtime too. I think they make some good money if their rider doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Pay that's true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They used to be hourly for the longest time. I don't know if they're I don't know hourly yet. or contract anymore, but yeah. But, um, but yeah, in the end I was just like, eh, it's a hard job, man. And yeah. And again, I was starting to move on with, you know, my career and the other side. Right. So right. it ended up being a pivot point for me where I was able to make a jump at pro taper actually. So. 
Paul Parabinos on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, flyracing.com, official gear of Jason Thomas, by the way. Yeah. He he works fly. Yeah. So did Fast. Who, what riders did you work for with the Fly Racing Butler Brothers team? Cunningham. Yep. Bonnie. Skinner. Karsten Butler. Doug DeHaan. Oh, you worked for DeHaan, Canadian yeah. Canada's own. Yeah, actually he was wore he wore no fear when he was on the team, really? I think. Yeah, I oh. think so. Force let that happen. The team was no fear. No, the whole team oh, the, was no fear. What? Yeah. Aeronautics, Honda, I, the whole team was no I had fear. no clue. They I had started no, out as MSR. Yeah. Then they were no fear. And then maybe went to fly after that. Oh, wow. I had no idea. I thought they were fly the whole time. No, one, okay. year, in, one year in no fear, I believe, uh, is what it was. And that, when you look back at that, you probably just laugh because Truman was working with you? Yeah. Yeah. Just, it was just fun. Yeah. Like, we were just young kids, and yeah, I was just, I started out just doing grips and graphics and things that I could do, and then it right. progressed into things. And What's well, yeah. the funniest thing, Truman, you saw Truman do? Um, steal a, a a wheel off of a car that was identical to our rental car to replace the broken wheel that <laughs> that we broke. <laughs> so, and then did he put the the bad one on yes. the on the other car? Yep. Yep. Damn. Yep. We hit a curb or something. Yeah. Instantly went flat. Dented the rim. Yeah. Took it off of a car. Re- replaced our rental car. Returned it. Scot free. <laughs> Yep. Dead Truman, everybody. <laughs> uh, flyracing.com, please check them out on the web. Uh, 2021 stuff, of course, is out now. I went riding yesterday, and I had some some new gear on. And it, I felt fast. I didn't look fast, but I felt fast. Flyracing.com, Renthal as well. Renthal.com, the trust, most trusted brand in the pro paddock and first choice to the world's premier athletes and race teams. Uh, Renthal.com, uh, whether it's chains, whether it's sprockets, whether it's grips, and, of course, bars. Mountain bike stuff as well. Stems, yeah. bars, grips for that. Chain rings for Renthal for yep. mountain bikes too. Uh, Renthal.com, Max's tires, of course. I also want to thank the folks at Race Tech. Pulp 20 is a coat to save with Race Tech. Please uh, look into that and uh, get your suspension work serviced. Get your motor serviced. Get it modified. Show your bike some love. Pulp 20 will save you money at Race Tech, Racetech.com. Of course, uh, whether it's A Ray or uh, Rod Bell or the Michael Essie won the two stroke championship with Race Tech stuff. Uh, Race Tech has been racing at a high level for a long, long time. I just talked to Doc. Doug Dubach uh, three days ago, and guess what? He's a race tech guy, or he was. So racetech.com. Um, you, so Pulp Mex Fantasy is something that you're a partner in with me and, and some, other, some, of, some of us other guys, and uh, it's gone really well. It's really successful. Um, I love it because I don't even care how I do, right? Like I'm not into it like you and JT. You guys get so angry mm-hmm. at your results. Yep. Uh, I don't even care. I want to do well. When I pick LaFrancois for Daytona, I just want to punch myself in the head. <laughs> yeah. But but I don't get into it like you guys do. But anyways, the point being, Pulp Mex Fantasy, uh, we're getting ready to, to have sign-ups again. Maybe by the time you hear this, we'll be signing up for that. It's really the, the, the joy of the game, Paul, and it's not maybe the joy for you, but the joy of the game is getting to see these guys that you wouldn't focus on and you wouldn't normally look at do well and you cheer for them right that's yeah. that's the cool part of this game yeah like i i'm, I'm hoping more and more riders are, are seeing that and understanding that obviously you know they don't nobody wants to hear oh you you screwed my fantasy team because you mm-hmm. pulled off or whatever but mm-hmm. at the same time it's bringing light and attention to a whole group of of talented athletes that get overlooked a lot of times because the average fan is just looking at who's in the top five or who's on the podium um, I mean, the game is so fun because when you do get that runaway race or if a bunch of guys get hurt and the race is boring, it can never get boring when you're playing fantasy. Um, and the other kind of cool part for me that I 
really like about the game is is I, again I use football as an analogy all the time because when I went to college I just I was head down all about dirt bikes and motocross and yeah didn't even know what a damn touchdown yeah, that, was. Yeah, that's right? hilarious. I didn't, I, I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Right, yeah. I didn't know anything about football, but I got into a football league with all my friends from Florida, all my old friends, and, and it's the thing that keeps us in contact, right? Like, we have this text every year. We try to schedule a trip, and we get together with each other to do our draft, and, and you know, but just that group text alone and fantasy football drawing us all into has kept us all friends and kept mm-hmm. us in contact, and, and for me, it's taught me it's taught me the sport. So like, why can't that be the same for moto supercross fantasy? Like now I know player names and, and, and salaries and positions and all the rules of the game. Like I didn't know any of that when I went to college and before I, but, but fantasy football has gotten me into that. And now I, I like watching football on Sundays. Um, the pulp mix fantasy thing, you gotta, you get so mad at it. Oh, well in fairness, for sure. I don't get as mad as JT. No, you do not. Okay. I've gotten better. I think with that. I think so. I think I've improved some because I know that my duties in the game are to make the handicaps as competitive and fair every single weekend as they can, which I am so surprised. Like, so you, I'm not involved in the handicap stuff. You and JT and Dan are, Mm -hmm. and I'm surprised how harsh you guys get into it sometimes. Like, it's pretty gnarly. Well, we're very passionate. We want to make sure we do it the right way. And sometimes we have different views on how a certain guy is going to do. And and oftentimes it's very hard to guess because, again, when you're starting a new season and all you're hearing about is preseason, but you have to kind of go off things on paper because in fantasy you make money and you make you earn points off of the paper results, right? Yeah. It, it can't yeah. just, and again, that's why, and, and, and oftentimes like it gets us into trouble with riders, right? Because... <laughs> Riders don't want to hear the honest truth a lot of times, right? But yeah. it's our job to really speak and critique these riders for fantasy purposes only. It's not we don't we don't like the way you wear your hair or your riding style is bad, but it's it's strictly on results and that's all we can talk about. Yeah. So I think right. you know, we rub some people some wrong ways sometimes, but um the where I was going with this a little bit is so you we you you're paying attention to the privateers, you know, you're setting yeah. these handicaps. And then we're seeing what happens on the weekends. And between all of us, we know someone who knows almost everybody in the pits, right? So yeah. you can reach out to somebody. Yeah. Your would it be safe to say, Parabinos, that your biggest pet peeve in the sport, and it comes from even like um, an ex racer who uh-huh. raced at the highest level and was prepared, or from Pro Taper or Renthal, your jobs that you had to, you know, make sure you're good on product and make sure you're ahead of the game and make sure you know what's coming next. And yeah. Would it be safe to say your biggest pet peeve is some of these privateers and just how clueless they are about, like, bike prep or, let's say, program, their program? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's definitely one of mine for sure. And and to me, it's, again, it it has to come from experience. And, I, you know, when I was younger and racing with my dad, like, I didn't know a lot of things too, right? And and we spent our monies on on, on certain things. A lot of times it was wrong. But, yeah, you see a privateer doing some things and – it's like, man, you spent all this money to get here. You signed up, you you <laughs> drove all this way, you've been practicing, you got all your gear, you everything, and you're gonna pull off after like for no good reason a lot of times. Yeah. Like it's just it, it's to me it's it's almost shows a lot about their character as a person. <laughs> um so yeah, no, for sure it's a big pet peeve for me. And fantasy exposes all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it does. Right? No, I mean yeah. you if you don't have fantasy, you don't see that stuff. But when he's on your team and you know that all he has or, to do is or, get 20th or something. Or even when he's not on your team but you're setting handicaps, you're like, okay, what happened to this guy? Or yeah. What, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, and every week I go through that, right? And I'm always having to check entry lists multiple times through the week because 
there'll be guys that show up sometimes on Saturday morning after tech. And I'm like, did this guy just decide last night he wants to go <laughs> racing? How, how do you just show up with money and race at a Supercross? Yeah. But it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, AMA says we're capping entries. And I'm look, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm expecting to see 80 guys on this entry list. And we got 96. I'm like, where, like, I thought we we're, when you say something, you do it. But it is a loose program it's, when you dive into the details how we right. have to. When it, you get into it, yes. it's a loose program. It's loose. <laughs> yep. And sometimes we'll be like, hey, it says he's on a Honda, but he's actually switched to Cali. Dude, it's, there's so much of that. Like, sponsors are wrong. Last names are spelled wrong a lot of times, which, and then you'll input into our system and the live scoring won't work. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, I know this guy. They spelled his name wrong. Like, it's it's not Todd Wilson. It's Wilson Todd. Right. Okay. Right. His first name is Wilson. <laughs> Things like that. Um. So. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I and, mean, and between all of us, like one of us will text the AMA or text Feld. Yeah. And be like, hey, you guys got to fix this. Like, and I, like we're actually helping things. Yeah. And I think honestly, that's why our uh we have a, a such a unique group of people to help run the game that uh, can make it the best it can be in this in this kind of industry that we're in is because we all have such a good contact book, right? Yeah. Between the yeah. five of us we can get an answer pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah, it's a unique mix, and we're all kind of finding our, our responsibilities, and we got a good mix now of how it's going. And, and, dude, it's a fun game, I think. I love putting it on. I love seeing that a random winner can win a, a 450 and win a motorcycle. You don't have to be good, but yeah. yet we still reward the people that really put in the work and make yeah. their own spreadsheets, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and where else can you go to spend 35 bucks and get a chance to win multiple motorcycles and all these, like, to me, it's just, it's one of the best values you can, Yeah, it's just a good it's, value. It, it's, it's so fun for the money. It's really fun. And you get the people who play every single week and they're just into it and they're waiting yeah. for the handicaps to come out. You know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah, I love that. And, you know, so many times we'll get guys tweeting us and say, hey, this guy's coming or this guy, like, yeah. and that's people seeing things on Instagram, but we try to go by the entry list and wait for things to be official. But, um, yeah. I, I, I love seeing all the memes. One of the most proudest moments for me just being involved in fantasy is I was at a Supercross and I got into an elevator after the race. Nobody saw me and I'm, I was by myself. I'm listening, but I'm hearing fans talk about their fantasy team. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. The, one of the coolest things ever for me because they're just normal fans, but they're they're talking about how exciting the LCQ was and their guy got fifth and they just needed him to get fourth. And right. if fantasy's not there, you, that's right. not a conversation. What if we should call A-Ray and see how fantasy's doing for him? <laughs> we should. We should see what he thinks. It's got. I'm hope, hoping it's bittersweet. But what I tell those guys is, all right, well, you you want to bitch and complain about saying you're not making up muff as much money as what athletes make, but think of the think of the amount of people a football player is dealing with when it comes to fantasy. Oh right? yeah, yeah. When yeah. we have a Ray that maybe gets one or two guys that say something shitty, you know, if OBJ or somebody has a bad weekend, he probably has hundreds of people yeah. on his social feed telling right. him that, which is you know, it comes with the territory with what you do, right? No, so. absolutely for sure. Uh, Renthal.com's Paul Parabinos here on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast show. Where do you see yourself in in ten years? What, what, what do you what do you see yourself doing? What do you want to do? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, I I think uh, very much. I still want to be at Renthal. Um, you know, I'm a contractor there, so I, I have the options to do more things, more little side projects. Like Pulp Fantasy is a great kind mm -hmm. of project that we have. I'd love to offer my my experience. Um, you know, like again, I have such a unique perspective. I think between having raced as an amateur racer um raced as a pro briefly been on a pro team now work at a brand now vet racing still going to amateur races like i have a this is my entire life right all my knowledge is here and, and i have a lot of experience to draw from um 
So, you know, maybe there, that's some consulting opportunities in the future or, or opportunity to start a, start a business one day or something with some friends. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, honestly. I'm, I'm really quite content with where I'm at now, and I feel like I've worked very hard to get to where I'm at. And um, now I, I kind of want to start enjoying some of my time and enjoying do, things with my wife and kid. And Do you miss going to the races? Not as much anymore. No. In the beginning, that was hard. Yep. Like when you go every single week for 10 years or whatever we did, um, it's really weird to not pack your suitcase on a Wednesday or Thursday and get out of town, right? Right. Um, and that's a that was a tough transition. Not you know, and I, I quickly realized that hey, I don't need to be looking at these guys' lap times after each weekend and all these things that I used to do as a mechanic, right? To study and I knew weights of tires and all kinds of you know, like you just don't have room in your head to make that a priority more. Right. So. That was a tough transition, um, but uh, what's the yeah. what's the one thing that's has you've been surprised with the most working at Rental? Either product sales, product innovation, um, questions about a particular like what's the thing that where you're like going into Rental? You're like, I never thought I would see this. Um, I I think. A lot of it is the the product development process and the safety vetting and the the engineering team. Like how all in, I mean, I've been on calls for five weeks straight, maybe, and it's about going through the trial and error of a product and what the customer might in, might encounter and how we would prevent it from happening and how we fix it. It's this whole you know, it's called DFMEA or something. It's called default mode design error or something. I, I don't even know the acronym for it. Yeah. But it's like this team of people and we're just, we're going through every little thing and it's so impressive to, to see it all happen kind of behind the scenes because I didn't get that at pro taper. Like it was a bit, it's a bit of a different thing. Like yep. it, I guess at rental, I feel like I'm in, I'm in, you know, one of the, the, the starship enterprise. I'm in one of the captain's seat and I yeah, can see the windshield, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. At pro taper, I felt like I was this, uh, high school football coach in a pedestal on t watching his team practice out there in the grass. Right. And you got, you got all this kind of different things happening. You're trying yeah, to yeah. oversee it, but with rental, it's, it's much, um, yeah. it's different. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, I'm again, I'm just impressed. I love the story behind it and Henry getting involved with it and starting that in the late sixties and yeah, and, just and, out of necessity because yeah. he kept seeing bars bend and, yeah. and how it's evolved and the old machines in there are really impressive. Like yeah. there's a, a, it's called the hopper, a machine in there that cuts the teeth on the sprocket that is you can't buy them anymore. Like they're, they're ancient, yeah, yeah, and that's still the best way to do to it. To do it, yeah. No, I love the history of that. And so yeah, you're you're getting a really hands on uh, yeah. look at. at and I meant even packaging, right? Even stuff like that. Like where Just, you're I'm, like, what? I'm learning yeah. a whole nother side of the business that you didn't really have to worry about at Pro Taper, right? Because it's this the their their vendors in Asia and they're just emails and but when you have your own manufacturing facility, there's so much more that goes into it. So even now a sales and a marketing plan that I would that I'm working on, I have to consider what's happening in manufacturing, right? Yeah. Can they meet this timeline? Can they do this? Can they do that? Um, right. So raw material, all these different things, staffing, all, there's so much more involved. And, and honestly, it's just been a, it's been a, you know, when you sit back and through all the different things that I've done in the industry, it's, it's been such a good business education, right? Yeah. Like learning and seeing, and, and especially when I was at Tucker Rocky, it's such a big corporate environment we went through bankruptcy and you see all these different like i learned a lot yeah um so that's yep. cool you know yeah. it's all provided perspective for life and it's, yeah, it's i think it's funny and and we're gonna have our show here in a few hours and so by the time you hear this the show will already have happened but randy valade 
a good buddy of yours yeah. took over your gig at Pro yeah. Taper. And so yeah. I think it's funny now, if you look at uh, uh, Renthal and Pro Taper, the 1A and 1B of components of race teams and handlebars, yeah. and now you two buddies idiots you two idiots are running this thing <laughs> yeah and, and you know what i mean it's a competitive yeah, it's business crazy. let's face yeah. it yeah, yeah but, and but, no, we're just both like racers like yeah. and now yeah we're both managing um yeah pretty gnarly brands and yeah yeah that's cool but I, I again that's just like i don't talk to my friends from high school moto is my yeah pe- that's my people right yeah that's it um so it's cool i i love it interesting all right man well uh cool thanks for coming up thanks for dirt bike riding with me yesterday and uh mountain biking with me today yeah always and, and coming in for the pulp and mech show of course it's, that's a good time so uh fly racing racer x uh podcast presented by Renthal and maxes with paul parabinos thanks paul thanks thanks for listening to the fly racing steve mathis show Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory... We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey.